Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I interview WordPress entrepreneurs, folks who are developers, designers, running a business, marketers, bloggers, anyone who touches WordPress to kind of make a little bit of a living uh, during their day, during their daily career. I like to interview you, sit down with them, and give their feedback and their thoughts on how to improve their WordPress business. Now today, Dustin Hartzler uh, joins me. Uh, so Dustin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Um, you are fully equipped uh, with podcasting stuff, I see. Uh, give us a little two-minute uh, drill about what you do and uh, what you do on a daily basis. Sure. I am a WordPress developer, but I'm also very passionate about podcasting. And when I first got started into the podcasting world, like I wanted to, I didn't really have a target and I was going to do like online business stuff and because there, but there was tons of people that are out there and I had some really great advice that said, pick something, whatever it is, and just that's your only thing that you focus on. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll try to do, I'm going to do a, a podcast about WordPress. And I don't know, I, I don't know, can I keep it going? You know, is there enough content out there just to talk about WordPress? And um, that was in December of 2010. And I've released an episode every week since then. So wow, up to awesome. like 100, 110, 112, something along those lines. It's hard to remember. But I really just kind of teach people about WordPress. And it's very hard to do audio-wise because my I do an audio podcast, but it's more along the lines of, hey, here's some suggestions, here's what you should be doing, or here's some things that you can look into implementing or adding to your website. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That actually kind of started my whole business by doing a podcast, and then that got people interested in me and my skills and talents. Nice. Did did talk us talk us through your your upbringing in in WordPress? Did you have a little bit of broadcasting background in the beginning, or did you were you just always a, a coder developer and, and started uh, building from there? Well, if we start back in college, when I'm only a few years out of college, I'm not that old. I'm just under thirty, but. I knew nothing about computers going into college. Absolutely nothing. I didn't even know how to buy one. Like it was crazy. Um, and the more I got into it, the more that I really enjoyed computers. But while I was at college, I also had the opportunity to work at the radio station. And so I was a DJ on Sunday afternoons playing smooth jazz. I had no idea what I was playing, just playing this crazy stuff. And it was a work study job. You know, I got $4 an hour or whatever it was. And then I got into um, broadcasting in the sports department. And they said, hey, we need some more sports guys. And so I was like the voice of the high school football team in the little town that we went to um, for three years. And then I actually worked my way up to the varsity basketball, one of the, the announcers there. So we got to sit down on the floor and stuff. So I have some, I guess I have more broadcasting background than I do programming background. <laughs> and um, kind of just got into the, I got into HTML websites. And I just loved it. Just, I was one of those geeks that just loved planning the entire project from start to finish so I wouldn't ever have to add new menus later like I wanted to be able to have it all done and then all of a sudden like someone said hey you should check out this WordPress thing it's really cool and I think it would really help out a lot and I just kind of got into it and, I, and then I was hooked and I think I don't know 100% sure but I think I got involved with WordPress in about at about 2.7 okay. I think is about the timeline that I that I kind of jump ship from HTML and went went to WordPress. Do you remember that first WordPress project that you worked on? All I remember, I remember a little bit. It was one of my buddies who I went to college with. I had built websites with him before and he was running for a local um, campaign. He was he was trying to become the a representative for the county and he wanted to have a website. And I was like, well, I'll build it, you know, no big deal. And Dude, that thing took me about five times longer than it should have because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't re really quite understand WordPress. I didn't understand how to do a lot of things. And I've come a long way since then. But that was, I think, my first project. Nice. Um, thinking back to that first project and saying, you know, boy, this was really tough. Now I can do this in five times less amount of time. Where were you looking for resources back then to, to help you out uh, along the way? I think I was just Googling everything. Like I Googled probably, you know, a thousand different things, just small little things. Like I don't know how to add, how do I add like the date to a post or how do I add, you know, just different silly things that I had no idea. Had I think it was more like I didn't understand the structure of WordPress and how the, the template files worked and things like that. And I went back, <laughs> you know, you go back a couple years later and you look at your work that you first did and you're like, I would never ever do that again like what what was I thinking back then but yeah. that's all all what happens when you don't have a clue what's going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. they say if you uh, if you're not embarrassed by your first version of a product then uh, you're you're waiting way too long uh, but maybe in client services that might not match up yeah. too well <laughs> right. Um, right so 
you have this in you you're not the typical developer who was you know growing up with a commodore 64 to an atari to a sega genesis and you just sat there playing video games and coding all day you kind of got into it when you got into college and obviously curious to learn um how did you get how did you start that path of i'm gonna i'm gonna broadcast this this message um i noticed on your about page you say um you you were actually still continuously learning and then kind of relaying those those thoughts and that journey with, with your audience. Is, is, how did you go about that? Yeah, I think it was kind of when I first got started, like I had a full-time job as an engineer that I quit, and we ended up moving halfway across the state of Ohio for my wife's job. And so then it was like, okay, I'm going to try this on my own. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to develop my own websites. But I always wanted to have this podcast. I'm a big podcast listener. And so I always just, I don't know, I just wanted to create my own thing. And so... Then it just it turned out like I would get one small project and then I would learn something. I was like, I've got to tell everybody about what I just learned because it took me three hours to figure it out. Like if I can do it in a 20 minute episode, I really want to just save them time, save listeners time. And so that's kind of where I got started. And then it just turns out that more episodes come out of something that I learned this past week, you know, maybe it was a, a failed, you know, a backup failed or something. And I talked through like why you should always have a backup and, and what precautions you can have to not have it fail or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it's always like, it, it, it doesn't go that I go out and looking for information a lot. It's a lot of times information finds me, you know, based on whatever project I'm working at at the time. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to share this on an upcoming episode. Yeah, that's truly how it, that, how it comes about. Um, who, who are your other favorite podcasts that you listen to? Well, I listen to I listen to way too many. That's probably a thing, and it's hard for me to keep up because I live at home or, or like work at home and and don't travel anymore. But I listen to there's a there's one called uh, the Podcast Answer Man by Cliff Ravenscraft. Um, he was the one that I first got hooked onto listening and learning about podcasts. And then um, off the top of my head, I listen to like Mac Break Weekly and Mac OS Can, a couple ones that just keep me in the loop. I'm a Mac guy, so all my gear is Mac and and that sort of thing. And then there's a couple. Um, Michael Hyatt has one that's all about intentional leadership and um, Michael Stelzner has Social Media Examiner so I kind of listened to a couple of those just to kind of keep up with what's going on in the social media world and yep. I've got some friends that are coming out with some new stuff you know social media wise like about Pinterest and Google Plus and things like that so I try to keep up with that kind of stuff as well because I don't have nearly enough time to learn it myself and <laughs> I'll let them tell tell me while I'm shoveling the driveway or cleaning yeah, the dishes or something. Yeah there's been a lot of snow around my parts so far. Um not a lot of WordPress media. You and I are the only two that I know <laughs> that are actually creating uh, WordPress podcasts and, and, and uh, you know, freely edu education uh, media. Why do you think that is? is? Is it just because WordPress is still up and coming? Do you think that there's enough draw for you, folks like you and I to continue on with this, with this passion? Oh, there's definitely enough to keep keep us fulfilled for a long, long time. I think I think it comes to a little bit with the personalities of people because there are developers out there that don't like talking to people. They don't like hanging out in public. They all they want to do is code. All they want to do is create the next best thing. You know, there is there was one other show that I was on last week. It's called WP Plugins A to Z, something like that. WordPress Plugins A to Z, and they talk through different plugins that are out there, but. It, it all takes, I think, really that personality and that drive to continue to learn and continue to teach people. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm all about going to places and I'll go to a networking thing and I'm not the big, bold peacock that's out there, you know, like, talk to me, talk to me. No, like, if somebody's there, like, I'm just going to introduce myself and just carry on a conversation. Like, I'm perfectly fine going a week at a time with nobody, you know, talking to me, but I'm also okay, you know, going out there. And I think that's one big thing that we have that makes it easy for us to create content because we're not scared behind the the microphone we're not scared you know to to voice our opinions yeah no i it's, it's a great point um a lot of the developers that i talk to are you know self-proclaimed self-diagnosed um you know shut-ins <laughs> they don't they're, they're not going out and they're not they're not being vocal with other folks and, and they admit that and, and they're just really just deep into their craft i mean they're coding they're looking at the lines of code they're plugged in um and they have to uh, because they're really regimented on between the hours of you know eight and three i'm 100 percent coding across the board because i'm just making my living you know mm -hmm. um let's talk about the audience of of media of this kind of media um i find that a lot of uh folks like you and i in the know 
aren't consuming it because they think they already know all this stuff. What are your thoughts on, you know, you know teaching somebody or, or doing a podcast about, like, the WordPress loop when 90% of the developers go, ah, I don't need to listen to that, you know? Right. But, but fundamentally, should we be revisiting these, these fundamental uh, ideas? I think so. I think that you can always be learning. I think even though that I listen to a handful of podcasts, like most of them I do not get new ins- new information from. The, the one thing that I get a lot from podcasting, I think videos like this, I mean, it's a great way to share inspiration with people. You know, like people can tell and they've, they've told me before and it's a problem with me. Like I talk too fast on my podcast when I get excited about something. You know, when I'm really excited to share something, like they can tell, like I get excited. You can probably even hear my hands move when I'm, you know, when I'm actually podcasting. But um, I, th- I think that just kind of staying in the loop with, with WordPress and just kind of knowing who the key players are and different things. I think, I think even if you know everything there is to know about WordPress, even though, even if you wrote, you know, every line of code, you know, in WordPress 3.6, who cares? Like, I th- still think that you can learn and, and understand and, and even contribute to other people's shows and different yeah. things like that. Absolutely. The flip side of that are the folks who are, are reaching out to us who are the small business owner or the, or the typical person um, that knows, you know, like you were when you started college. You had no idea about WordPress. Uh, you knew that you could one-click install it, you know, uh, is that the kind of audience that, that's finding folks like you and I? And how do we take it slow, I guess, to kind of build the foundation? And let me just preface this. I, I tend to say that WordPress puts the barrier to, of entry too low. Like, it's free. Everything's free. You just grab 100 different plugins to create, you know, this monstrosity. And everyone starts <laughs> doing that. And no one's updating WordPress. Everybody's picking wrong plugins. Um, so I guess the question would be, how do we teach the folks who are just starting to do things the right way with WordPress. Yeah, that's that's tricky. Like you did say, it's it's like anyone can do it. I mean, how many videos have you seen people link to like set up a WordPress site in 20 minutes or less? Like anybody can do it, but I don't I'm kind of targeting my audience on people who are really enthused about WordPress, whether they are a small business owner who's just looking to keep things updated, they want to know what what should I be doing next? And then I have a lot of people who are developers, but they're like, they're not hardcore co- coder developers. They're just guys that have started or they're maybe it's their full time gig or whatnot. And then they spend some time, you know, just not knowing what to do. Maybe their developer skills are installing a plugin, you know, a couple plugins, doing a cus- you know, doing a child theme. And then that's it. You know, just a few slight modifications. You never know. And so um, so I just kind of I don't know. I think I think it's very hard to to understand and teach when you have so many different levels of people where they are. Mm-hmm. I do have some people that will email me and say, hey, I love your show. I don't know what you're talking about half the time, but I still listen to it just because I get something out of it. Maybe I will reference a plugin or like an online tool to check out and they'll get one little nugget of something. And then my whole goal is just to inform. Like I'm not there to say, hey, you, sh- you need to add custom post types to your website. You're not, you don't have to add these meta boxes or, you know, whatever. But it's just about, hey, here's extra functionality if you want to do it. You can't. If not, you know, or if you can't do it, if you don't know how to do it, that's why I'm here. I can help you do those types of things as well. Nice, nice. Um, it is a great mission to go and inform um, folks and, and kind of lead the charge uh, of WordPress. Um, let's talk about the business side of your podcast for a little bit. Are you filtering these folks uh, into a newsletter, into some kind of uh, uh, monthly uh, go-to meeting? Um, are you trying to monetize just yet or are you just going straight for the I want to build an audience kind of tactic? Um, I'm kind of both, I guess. I started wanting, you know, like you read everything. It's like, oh, you have a list. Now you can start selling to it. And when I first got started, I'm like, I'm already to start selling. I had six people on my list, you know, like you can't do a whole lot with six people. Um, now I'm up to several hundred, you know, people who have subscribed and are, are following me and whatnot. I do most of, most of my stuff is completely free. I just give away as much content as possible. I've tried doing some live sessions. I called them, you know, just kind of a go-to meeting type thing. Hey, 
let's hang out. I did a couple of those. Those went over really well. I've done webinars. Um, I pick a, like a specific topic, something that's very difficult for the audio. That's the big challenge for me is like, oh, how do I describe custom post types, you know, in audio in 20 minutes or less? Like it's very hard. So I've created webinars. And then just recently I've launched a like an advanced developer course that is something that's a little bit more. Um, there's a lot more details to it. There's a lot of videos and stuff along those lines. And so while I'm not asking everybody to do it. It's the people that it's the developers that just want to take their skill to the next level and they want to kind of pick my brain. Mm-hmm. And those are the type of people who who signed up and that actually started today. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Launching today on the Matt Report. <laughs> exactly. Um, how is it? How how has the podcast related? Um, if you're not primarily trying to monetize with the podcast? Are you filtering in uh, leads and maybe getting other contracted work um, referrals through the podcast? And how has that been for you? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. There's been so many opportunities that have come to me because of my podcast. You know, there was one when I interviewed a, a, a company that works out of the West Coast and they build custom plugins for people. And I got an email one day from them. I was I had maybe been podcasting for six months, maybe, and I had them on the show once or twice. And they said, "Hey, we just got we just finished a project with somebody, one of your listeners that was referred to us. We'd like to give you a ten percent cut, a commission on." the final project. They're like, where do you want us to send the $240? And I was like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I did nothing. Like I just did what I normally do every week and I'm making money on the deal. So that's, that's really cool. So, um, I, I, that happens not not nearly as much as it should, um, but it does happen. Um, I have set up with some affiliates, and so when I talk about the affiliates that I'm um, that I use a lot, I use Green Geeks as my hosting company. Very very similar to Bluehost. I think it's just a little bit different. Um, kind of sets me apart from the normal guy that does Bluehost. Everybody does Bluehost, and you know they send me a check for a couple hundred dollars every month, and so that's that's nice income. And all I do is talk about it, you know, randomly. And I haven't talked about it for a, quite some time, and I still got a four hundred dollar check the other day, which is pretty nice. (laughs) And then um, I get people, I get way too many requests from the podcast like, oh, hey, I have this project, but I can't handle it. Can you help? Or, you know, those types of things. And so I set up my own mini little network of developers and then I send them work and not really send them work, but I say, hey, are you open for a project? Are you open for this project? You know, I can't handle it right now. And then I try to match up people. I've got people pretty much all over the U.S. in all time zones. So I just try to match up time zones and time zones and abilities and abilities. And then I just request a 15% cut on whatever the project fee is. I say they're 100% your customer. You can do whatever you want with them. I just want that referral fee right up front. Any other project you do, you can handle. It's all on an honor and trust basis. Like I'm not too big of a stickler on it. Like I could probably make way more money if I was, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and you just took it, right? I just wrote that down as I heard you. Uh, uh, talk about how you were uh, monetizing and, and taking freelance projects. My next question was, have you built that virtual team? Uh, the answer to that is obviously yes. Uh, did you build that virtual team directly from the podcast, other people that you connected with, or, or are you finding them somewhere else? It was primarily the podcast. I think it was episode number 101, 102 something. I just did a call out and I said, hey, I have lots of work potentially who out there is a full-time person or somebody that's got extra time that would like to help me out. And I had, I had eight to 12 people like almost immediately email me. And then there's a couple of people locally, there's a local WordPress meetup group. And so I talk about that there and I've got a couple of really strong developers from the WordPress or from the Dayton area that I've hooked up with, but you know, I haven't used them as much as I thought, you know, it really depends. Like, I'm like, I can't guarantee you guys anything, but you know, sometimes you get these big projects, you know, that they, oh, we need this done in four weeks. And it's like, I'm booked out, you know, already a month or I've got these projects that I'm working on and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Have you started to think maybe I, I should create that typical uh, virtual agency or are you happy with the, the balance of, of the freelancer uh, and podcasting life? I'm very happy with the freelancer podcaster life. Like I really, I really truly enjoy it. And I think where I want to go just a little bit more, like I still want to build websites obviously to stay in the loop and okay, pun there, stay in the loop. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to, I just, I just want to have a little bit more freedom for, um, 
for things that I want to do, my wife and I like to travel and different things. And so like I want to I want to do more like course type stuff like, hey, learn how to do this or learn how to do this. And and I kind of focus a little bit more along those lines because I don't want the added headache of, you know, OK, now I've got to manage all these other projects from these other people and all that kind of stuff. Like I would rather send an email and say, hey, are you available for this project? Yes. No. You know, and then send the details and correspond that way. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I, I tend to think along the terms of scale and a lot of the things that I do, um, a lot of my, two of my closer colleagues run, um, probably two of the larger, if not largest WordPress, uh, agencies out there. Uh, you know, a lot of people are thinking, I, I want to grow. I want to make, you know, the big bucks. I want to bring on the big spot, the big clients like, you know, CVS mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, any, any Hollywood firm or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, why, why is it, can you go a little deeper into why you think you want to just stay away from that kind of, that kind of growth? That's not for me. I, I'm not one of those, like, I hate going to like all the meetings and the, all the, all the stuff that goes on with building a site. Like my favorite thing is working with the, an owner or like the marketing department. You, I work with one person, maybe two people. They say, this is what we need. I say, okay, I believe this, you know, this might be wrong. And we just kind of balance back and forth. A conference call equals to-do list for Dustin. Like we're going to work through all these things. Okay. These are the things that I need to do. I worked in the corporate world for three and a half years. And like, I had so many meetings with big wig higher ups that nothing ever got done. And just kind of annoyed me to, to, you know, it just really annoyed me. And I never got it to my potential. I thought, I think because I was never doing anything like Mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, let's go to another meeting and let's absolutely do nothing. So the, even though, you know, it sounds awesome to get a, you know, let's do the CBS website and make $100,000, you know, but it's going to be a year long project and it's just going to drive me crazy because I'm one of those entrepreneurs that I, I think of something new. I want to try it. I want to do it right now. Like, and then anything else I'm working on kind of gets shoved, shoved the other way. Like yeah. I never really finished anything, but, um, I'm just one of those guys that I, I don't like those huge mega projects. Yeah. That's just my own personality. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them come with the same issues that you have that you find with the smaller the smaller business uh or smaller client um it's just another zero uh mm. at the end of the check um right. but it's still the same pain points you know setting the meetings and then everything is just exaggerated with that extra zero so mm-hmm. if it's 10 days it's 100 days <laughs> you know right. if it's and, and i've come to find too like most of my clients don't care if I leave for leave the country for a week for a cruise or, you know, go different places. I mean, I was out of the country, out of my office like six weeks last year on different trips and different things. But it was always like the thing that I hate the most about the clients are all of a sudden everyone's urgent issue is immediate now. Like it could have been solved three weeks ago if we had taken the, you know, now I've got to, now my schedule, which I plan out at the beginning of the day, now has to be completely rearranged because you guys forgot to contact me because it's due today, that type of thing. And so that's why I want to kind of go more along the lines of the teaching, the the sharing, the information. And so that's kind of what what's kind of led me that way. Just that way I can run my own schedule and I don't have to, you know, I'm being more of a geek. Like I don't want other people to interrupt me. I don't want my phone to ring. I don't want to get email while I'm working, you know, those types of things. Nice. Speaking of schedule, how do you balance the work with the podcast and how much time do you actually invest in setting up for the podcast or is a lot of it kind of coming to you as you're doing the work? A lot of it comes to me throughout the week. Like I record on Tuesdays and it goes out on Wednesday morning. It's just kind of my thing. And from Wednesday, from the time the last show's published, I'll get email questions in or I'll get somebody like, oh, can you do cover this topic? And I just have, I have a list that I, I just kind of filter all that information into. And when it comes to Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, I kind of look through and see, hey, what's what's coming up? You know, what kind of questions do I have this week? You know, and then start answering them then. I normally spend it's a 20 to 30 minute show for the most part. And it'll take about, I try to give myself a half hour to an hour, like an hour at the most in prep and just trying to figure out what am I going to talk about researching it, you know, make sure. Cause the worst thing is like, Oh, someone has a question and it's really simple. Like I know the answer, but I don't want to stumble all over the answer. Cause then 
then I have to edit it and that's just a complete pain. So um, then then I pretty much go live to hard drive for the most part. You know, like I like to record and then go straight um, straight to publish and then I type show notes up, which is basically copying and pasting all the all the text that I've talked through during the course of the show. So I probably have and then I've got to create some album or artwork or some artwork for the blog post and things like that. You know, I might have two and a half hours at tops in a week, you know, putting together the podcast. And then if I'm doing, sometimes I do interviews with different people, then those are kind of scheduled. The interviews are scheduled sometime throughout the week that works well. And it's normally a small chunk. And then I take those chunks and then I'll put a wrap, you know, a beginning and intro and then an end. And then I'll usually do that on Tuesday. So like last, I think last Tuesday, last Wednesday, I interviewed somebody and now I've got that section just done setting there waiting to go. And now my recording tomorrow or my, yeah, it's going to be very, very simple. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, I have zero uh, experience uh, of podcasting and, and broadcasting until, of course, starting this show. And I run another show uh, for my studio uh, where we interview. It's all video. We interview, uh, we review plugins and themes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, when I first started out, I was just booking people, you know, whenever you can do it, you know, let's just do it. And uh, I was finding myself just getting um, interviews just all over the calendar you know, either back to back or one in the morning, one late at night, you know, so now what I'm kind of just practicing now is just booking Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time um, because, you know, folks don't realize, but two and a half hours, that's a good chunk of time for you for a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's a good chunk of time um, invested in that. And especially if you're going to do some editing, I try to do, try to do the same thing. I try to skip the editing and just record put bookends and that's it (laughs) and get it up. Um, I do need to venture into the audio side now and extracting the audio from the video and, and, kind of putting it out on iTunes, um, and, uh, Stitcher radio, hopefully. (laughs) Um, but there is a, there is quite an investment and I was just listening to, um, now the name is escaping me, but I was just listening to a podcast before this and they were talking about if you don't stick with it, if you don't keep it going, it's going to be that same issue when you just start out blogging and you, you blog for like three weeks consecutively and then you mm-hmm. kind of tail off. Did you ever hit that wall with your, with your podcasting and say, oh, I don't know if I can continue with this or I don't know if I should continue doing this? I, I don't think I ever hit the wall per se, but like... somebody always told me you be very consistent, very consistent. So like at the beginning, my consistency was my show goes out on Wednesday and probably the first 40 episodes, it came out sometime on Wednesday. Like that was my thing. Like I recorded on Wednesday. Sometimes I was recording and finishing up right before dinner. Sometimes it was, you know, the first thing in the morning. And now like I'm very, uh, I get a lot of feedback from people and they're, you know, they're excited to listen to me on their way to work on Wednesday. Like that's their thing. So I make sure that it has to be done on Tuesday. It has to be published and set to go out at at 5 a.m. or whatever it is, you know, the next morning. But I don't think I ever, I think there was a couple weeks, you know, maybe episodes, you know, 10 through 12 or 10 through 13, something like that. Like those are the ones that if you get through those, they normally say like you're good to go. You're, but I think I probably, if I remember right, like I just had problems coming up with what should I talk about? Like I was interested and I might spend an entire day just trying to figure out what am I going to talk about? Or or then I would hand type a, a whole bunch of things. This was my biggest thing. I always hand typed out like paragraphs worth of text. Like this is what I'm, I'm just going to read it. And then of course, like I would look away, I would do something and then I would come back and I'm like, uh, um, where was I? (laughs) And then you sound like you're reading and I'm like, that's not what I need. So now it's all bullet points. You know, it's a lot off the top of my head because it, it flew flows just so much better. Yeah. But, but yeah. I don't think I ever like got stuck and like just wanted to give up. Like I wanted to give up just working for myself before, you know, based on some headaches and different things with clients, but I've never wanted to give up the podcast. That's always been kind of my my drive. Nice. Yeah, I'm having a great time uh doing this stuff. It's it's a great learning experience and the feedback that I'm getting uh is amazing from the folks that are listening to it and and benefiting from it. I remember when I started you know, my biggest podcast that I always listen to is Mix- Andrew Warner from Mixergy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, 700 plus interviews. I mean, this guy is calculated. He's been doing it for so long. And then he's got a whole staff that, that pretty much pre-interviews and then creates the questions, right. researches the guest. So I, when I set out, I'm like, I'm going to do that same thing. I'm going to research everybody. I'm going to create these engaging questions. And before right. you know it, you're like three, four hours into this. And then when you do the interview... You just start 
get, getting off track because something else comes up. Right. And you're like, I just wasted four hours researching <laughs> you and right. we didn't even talk about the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Right, exactly. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting uh, balance uh, mm. for those of you who might be thinking about doing this uh, to try to go with your gut, but you just let it know, just be known that things are going to shift around mm -hmm. uh, as you move forward. Let's talk about um, specifically uh, WordPress and the community. Um, you are in Ohio, right? Correct? Mm -hmm. um, WordCamp Ohio is coming up, right? In a couple months? Yeah. There's uh, WordCamp Columbus. There's Columbus. a Columbus one and a North Canton one. Okay. Um, one is in April, North Canton's in April, and um, Columbus is in July. I think they yep. just came out and said that. Are you uh, regularly regularly attending these word camps? Do you find them beneficial? I've, I found them hugely beneficial. I know that I know a lot about WordPress, and I am normally the dumbest guy in most of those rooms. Like, that's what I love about it. There's so many people that know so much more than you, and they're all willing to share. Like, you know, the coolest thing is just going to those things. You know, you meet people that you follow online. That's that's one thing that's really awesome. And then two, it's like, I don't understand what you just did. Can you go back and do that again? Or there's so many people that are using the command line. It's like, wow, they just did, they just created an entire plugin, WordPress, everything from the command line. Like, how awesome is that? And so I love those things. Like I went to, I spoke at two different ones last year in Columbus and I drove all the way up to Grand Rapids, um, had some friends up there that invited me up. And so I'm like, yeah, that's only a, a five hour drive from my house. I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. So I'm looking to, you know, hit a few more this year. I'm going to submit some, some things to speak about and just kind of, I, I've been doing well with talking about podcasting and WordPress, and so that might be my, awesome. my go-to topic. That's awesome. Um, yeah, WordCamp's obviously super beneficial. The one thing I did notice, and, and I always kind of bring it back into play because I, I think that a lot of people who might listen to this and, and even your podcast uh, are the self-proclaimed introvert. Um, when I went to my very first WordCamp a few years ago, I saw that clearly. I saw that divide. I saw the people from Automatic, from uh, like Code Poets and stuff like that, presenting and having that kind of group around them. And I noticed that there were other developers and designers that were just too standoffish, um, mm -hmm. afraid to get themselves out there. Uh, do you see that when you go out there? And if so, do you have any words of encouragement for these folks? Yeah, I think I do. I see that a lot, you know, and I'm just one of those guys too that will, I just ask people questions. Like I'm not, you know, in their face, but like, or I'll try to make a joke. I'm more of a joking type of guy. And so I'll try to make a joke and then I'll look and see if anybody else is like laughing along. Like, do they think it's funny or am I completely <laughs> not, idiot? I run. Like, right, exactly. But I think just some encouragement is like for people, even if you don't know them, like every person that I've ever met and shook their hand and just talked to has been super nice and they've been super helpful and they'll share their secrets with it. That's the best thing about this community. Like, I don't know one person that says, ha ha ha, I know how to do that. You don't, you know, like, you know, somebody's going to put up the code on GitHub or, you know, they're going to tweet it out in a post or something, you know, like everybody's super helpful. And even if they appear to be the smartest person in the room, I'm sure that they'll still be able to, you know, they won't bite. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great advice. Um, little curveball question that I like to throw in every now and again. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Um, the recent uh, news about uh, the WordPress Foundation kind of blacklisting folks who are selling on uh, ThemeForest or any, or any other non-GPL marketplace. Any thoughts on that? Um, do you have any plugins that you sell in marketplaces and whatnot? I don't sell anything. I do purchase things from there. I think it's a great place to purchase. I I like to tell people about it so they can kind of get theme ideas. Like that's one of my favorite places to point people to. Like especially if they're low, super low budget. You know, hey, go to themeforest.net, 40, 50 bucks. You know, we can get you started, and that's going to save me a lot of development time. But I think it's you know I don't I haven't done a lot of research. Like I saw it come out you know a couple weeks ago, and I think it's a shame. Like really, like. Those people are so like the first thing, the first instinct that I thought of was um, Pippin Williamson because I knew that he, I purchased one of his plugins from um, Code Canyon and he spoke at WordCamp Grand Rapids when I was there. And I talked to him and he was like the nicest guy and one of the smartest guys, you know, that I've I talked about. But that would be a shame. Like he was helping and this was, I mean, kind of cool, but he was helping other people walk through their code or answer the questions during other people's presentations. Like the guy is so smart. Why would you want him not there? You know, like he does that, like that's his living. That's his thing. Like 
that makes it so much easier for him not to have to um, manage selling things. You know, you put it out there where hundreds of thousands of people can see it instead of trying to come to his site. So I think it's a shame. I think that, um, I don't know, something should be done. I don't know what, because I'm not really immersed in it that much, but I think we would totally be missing out those resources, yeah. that, that knowledge of WordCamps. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you bring him up. I interviewed him uh, a couple weeks ago. It hasn't uh, debuted yet. But one of his pieces of advice for folks who were jumping into selling plugins was to get on a marketplace because it's your first place for the most eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. You're not really, of course, you have wordpress.org slash extend in the, in the repo. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get the, that kind of, you don't get that marketplace traffic like that, right? Right. It's just not built for that. It's not a marketplace. Uh, right. It's pay- like putting your, it'd be like putting your plugin on Amazon.com. Right. Like, yeah, People will exactly. stumble upon it, you yep. know, because it's there. Um, and, and my first reaction was the same thing as yours. Is why would you turn away such talented folks who are still spreading the word of, of WordPress? But let's be honest here, folks. This is a super competitive market. I mean, it's a global marketplace, mm-hmm. right? And to the average Joe who's just looking for that service, you know, they'll, they'll look on, on Elance, on Odesk. They'll go to wherever the cheapest dollar is. They, won't, they don't understand the value of finding somebody really good. Mm-hmm. And to turn away that, to me, is like, hey, we're a soup kitchen, but anybody in the 1% is not allowed to come and help us. Well, of course right. your people are going to help, right? Right. Um, why would you turn away? Because, again, the bottom line is they're all volunteers. Right. And, and we just successfully ran our first WordCamp here in Providence, Rhode Island, um, and I was a volunteer speaker and a sponsor. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of work. Um, and to, to turn away uh, volunteers is, is a little crazy to me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, how do you deal with the $500 client? That client that says, or $50 client who says, I only got 100 bucks. You know, how, how can I get something going for that? Yeah, it seems like I get a lot of people like that. Then, oh, the five hundred dollar client. Like at first, it was like, yes, I'll take it. You know, that's no big deal. But now it's like, wow, for five hundred dollars, that is not not nearly enough. For at least in my opinion, um, for for some of the things that I'm doing repetitively. So, what I recommend, if if that's the case, have a five hundred dollar client. I will tell them how to set up a hosting account. I, I I have a step by step text expander script. Hey, do this all these steps. And then that gives me an $100 um, affiliate relationship or affiliate payout from Green Geeks. And so that's going to make it a $600 project now. So it's getting me a little bit and they get all that stuff set up, you know, and then, and then it's, I honestly have to say, Hey, this is, you know, either the, um, like I'm a builder user, like the iThemes builder, here's some themes that we can pick from or here's some themes over on the wordpress.org. There's not a lot that I usually use there, but let's go to themeforest.net and let's find, you know, a $50 theme. And then I can give you, you know, a couple hours worth of customizations like and show you how to use it. Like those are my kind of my standard answers because there's not a whole lot that I can do at that amount of time. I'd love to have a step-by-step video type stuff. These are things I think about like, oh, hey, you know, for $500, I'll give you access to all these videos. You'll learn everything you need and then I'll do four or five hours worth of customizations for you and then call it a project. Not there yet, but that's what I would do in an ideal state. That's an awesome answer. Um, If you could go back in time, one year, five years, or 10 years, what are the key ingredients uh, or processes you might change if you had to do it all over again for your business? If I could go back, let's say five years, that's when I would have started my podcast instead of two and a half years ago. Like, why didn't I start back then? Like, I don't know. Like I was in, we, my wife was still in college and I was living on a college campus and I had nothing to do in the evenings ever. Like I just read books or watched TV, worked out, played sports, you know, whatever. It's like, dude, I could have been awesome. You know, I could have had so much more knowledge in WordPress. So that's what I would have done. I would have started earlier just learning. Like I was already learning about HTML and different things, but I would have started learning with WordPress earlier. I think, I don't know, it would have helped me. It would have given me more like, oh, I've been doing this for four years now instead of, you know, two years or whatever. But I think that's kind of what I would have done had to start over. Um, I don't know, like, I don't think about it much. Like I'm, I'm very much in the moment type of guy. Like this is where I am. Like I've chose, you know, I chose two and a half years ago to quit my full-time engineering job to do this. Should I've done it? Should I waited another year? Should I have not? Like, I don't care. Like I'm doing it now. I'm loving what I'm doing. And I mean, who doesn't love working from home and, <laughs> and never going outside? Like, like <laughs> that's, that's the running joke between me and my friends. Like, yeah, 
I don't. I left the house on Thursday because I had to go to the dentist. But yeah, this is the first time I've been on the house in a week. Like that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome answer. Um, so that wraps up the more formal inter- interview. Let's jump into the next uh, segment called What's in Your Toolbox? So what piece of software besides WordPress or hardware do you need to run your business uh, on a daily basis? Yeah, um, well, this guy, I would say, is one piece. It's a um, high PR 40 with a some sort of boom mic. And then I use this a lot, um, whether it be podcasting. It's my main podcast. It's actually my telephone. I answer this when my, my computer rings, my Skype line rings. And I also use this for video. Um, I've got it set up. So um, when I use ScreenFlow and whatnot, like I record with this high-quality sound. I mean, I paid for the microphone. I might as well sound awesome with my videos as well. So this is my big piece of hardware that I use. Um, 27-inch iMac that I'm sitting in front of. That's another huge thing. I find that I almost can't do work when I'm not on it because I just don't have enough room. Like It's like, why don't, where's everything? Yeah, it's kind of a pain. But those are my two big gears. And I guess I also have, for podcasting, I have an Ederol recorder. Um, It's just a digital recorder. I had an interview with a guy. My very first interview ever was I recorded straight into my MacBook Pro into Audition or GarageBand, whatever I was using at the time. And I got it done. And yep, looks good. Hit record or hit finish stop, and I lost it all. Like the computer did something, and I st- I tried for like four hours to do the recovery within Audition. It was a pain. So I went out and two hundred fifty dollars. Like I got the recorder, haven't lost or missed an episode. Like everything always gets there. So those are kind of some of the hardware pieces that I use to run my podcast and my business. And then when it comes to software, I use ScreenFlow. I use Adobe Audition. I use a a, a program called SoundBite. SoundCloud, what's it called? Um, Soundboard. And so that's what I play my music, my intro, my outro, any audio clips that I get in from people. You know, you just click on that. Um, It's by Ambrosia, I think is the the name of the, the company. And then, you know, I'm a very much a. Chrome guy. I use Chrome for a lot. My mail comes through Chrome, um, all those types of things. So, and I don't, I don't have a favorite go-to editor. You know, I, I stumble between Coda 2 and Sublime Text 2 and Expresso because um, wow, I so can't figure, <laughs> I can't figure out which ones I like the best. And so, I don't That's know. That's an awesome answer. Um, iPhone or Android? I am an iPhone. It's somewhere. iPhone 5. I, I, I let me tell you, I was iPhone since the 3G. Mm-hmm. And then I was waiting for the five. I wasn't super impressed. I was. I've been on it since the three. Like I said, I switched to the HTC One X Plus for mm-hmm. Android. And the first like two weeks, I'm like, ah, I got a 14 day return policy. I might return <laughs> this. I don't know if I can really do it. Um, but the productivity with Gmail and Google Docs alone yeah. and the calendar, ridiculous. Because mm. I have like five different. Gmail accounts, right? So right. it just it's just integrates with everything and I've been so much more productive. Plus mm. the real estate on the phone is so much bigger because of right. 4.7 screen, but mm. I, I honestly don't use my iPhone nearly enough. Like yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here over here is my iPad. Here is a MacBook Air and here is my 27-inch iMac. So I've got all these all this gear and I always sit in front of my 27-inch iMac. My iMessages come through there, my phone call rings through my computer. It's like I don't even know where my phone is half the time, but I know it's in the house cuz I haven't went anywhere today. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's jump into the lightning round where I'll ask you a series of questions. You'll have a series of quick answers. Uh, the one plugin you cannot live without. Oh, I knew you were going to ask something like this. Um, the one that <laughs> I would say for me, since I'm using, um, since I am a podcaster, I use PowerPress to get that into my feed, into my RSS feed, and to give a player on my website. So that's going to be one that I can't live without. Nice. A favorite WordPress or business book? (sighs) Wow. Um, I read a lot. So there's a lot of different books, but we'll say just business wise. Let's see if I can think of a WordPress one. But for a business book, I love the just finished reading a few months ago, the $100 startup. And that was just a kind of an inspirational book. Like, look at all these people, the awesome thing that they created for $100. Like, if you think about a WordPress business, you can start a WordPress business for $100 for a year's long hosting and a theme from ThemeForest. Like, it can be done. Like, yep. So I think that's, that's going to be my favorite business book or a good resource. Nice. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by. 
I have one that I have printed off and it's over here. I don't know if you're, you can't see it, obviously. Um, I don't know if you're a fan or know who Pat Flynn is um, from Smart Passive Income, but I heard a quote one time on a podcast of his and so I framed it and I should send a picture of it to him because it's got his face on it, but it says your income is a byproduct of how helpful you are to people. And I just think like, especially with, with the podcast, like, do I make money on every podcast? No. Do I make money on most of the podcasts? No. Like, I'm just trying to be super helpful to people. So if they do find the need to hire me at some point, you know, they already know me. They already feel like they, you know, I was just at New Media Expo in uh, Las Vegas a few earlier this month. And there was a handful of people. It's, it's shocking and crazy. And I can't believe it's, it's happens to me now. But people come up to me like, oh, hey, Dustin, you know, like, I know who you are. Like, I listen to your podcast. You know, thanks so much for what you do. It's like, did I think that this would ever happen three years ago? No. Like, it's crazy and it's awesome. Yeah, that is an awesome <laughs> quote. Um, the best business uh, or career advice you've ever received, if it's not that quote. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. But um, I have another one that I wrote in a sticky note that's right here in front of me. And it says, what are you willing to give up to improve your business? And I look at that a lot because, you know, if you if you're not always trying to improve your business or, you know, you're always keeping the same things, you're never going to improve. You're never going to make more money. You're never going to, you know, really, truly have that business that you want. So that's that's a that's a good quote. I forget where I saw that somewhere. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Sticky note. And it's all like that. So I see it every day. You give up going out in public to make your business uh, successful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the longest a client project has ever taken. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I had one that was going to be, you know, a, a two, three week project that turned into about a three or four month project. And it was all because there was a plug in conflict that I didn't know about. It was just kind of a pain troubleshooting and, and tracking it down. And it worked most of 95 percent of the site work, except that one little piece that 95 percent of people would have never even saw. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know. But you got to have it right. You got to have it good. But that's correct. Three, three four months for a, a three week standard site. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be and why? Um, it's not going to be Joomla because I think Joomla is stupid. No, I just don't understand Joomla. That's the problem. Like, I don't get it. I would probably have to say Drupal would be my go-to, mainly because like I'm in a... I'm in a website design book club and everybody but me and another guy are Drupal people. And just I would know that I have these personal friends that know about Drupal that I could say, hey, can you help me with this? I don't know what this means. Can you explain this? What does it is a module the same as a plugin? Like, just let me, you know, figure help me figure this stuff out. So yeah. that's why I would probably choose Drupal. Yeah, I agree. I love Drupal, too. Um, who should I interview next? Hmm. Have you interviewed Matt Mullenweg yet? No, <laughs> but I will definitely try. Um, I guess I don't. I'm not 100% familiar with everyone that you have interviewed. Yep. Um, but I think that I I love listening to and following the tweets of like some of the core developers yep. from WordPress. You know, the Andrew Nason, the the Auto um, guys like that. Like, um, you already had Pippin on. I think he's a he's a great guy. What about um, another cool guy that I met at a pod camp or a, or a pod a word camp was um, Brad Parbs. I don't know if you've heard of him or talked to him. He's he does a lot with or his session that day was on. Um, responsive design, responsive design. So he's a kind of a neat guy to, to reach out to. And I, I find his tweets hilarious and enlightening. And he just, he lives in Wisconsin or somewhere crazy cold. And so that's kind of, kind of unusual too. Nice. I will try to get him on the show. Uh, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, Man, I should know these things from listening to Mixergy interviews. Like that's, I think that's one of one of Andrew's things, isn't it? He says, "What should I ask you?" Um, I don't know. What's the top secret stuff on the whiteboard behind you? <laughs> um, this over here, the top secret on this side that you can barely see is my tally for how many hours I've written on a, a book. I'm writing a book on how to become a WordPress developer. Oh, there you go. I have something like, I forget, it's like 20 hours and 22,000 words that I've written um, that I'm working on. So that's that's what that secret is over there. Um, <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. Um, 
That's awesome. What you didn't ask me is how I found how I found my clients when I first got started. Mm-hmm. How did you find those clients? I'm not answering that. Ooh. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I I don't know where I found this information, but I'd started to do custom Twitter searches. And this is something that nobody really knows about. So I tell it all the time as my own like Dustin Hartzer secret. But you could go in for Twitter and you can search what people are talking about right this minute. So I would go in and I was like, oh, I'm going to talk. I'm going to see what everybody's talking about on WordPress. So I would type in WordPress to the search box. And then I get people that said, oh, check out my blog. It's such and such and such and such WordPress.com. And I was like, that's not what I want. Like I want people who have questions about WordPress or need help or, you know, different things. And I ended up setting something up. It's it's like WordPress, but it's minus.com. And then I use the, so that kind of filters out anything that uses a, you know, WordPress.com domain name. And then I either used how to or help as my keywords. And then I would look at in real time what people were talking about. And a lot of times they're like, help, you know, does somebody know how to do this? Or does anyone know how to do this? And that would be a, a perfect time for me to just reach out and just say, hey, you know, have you fixed your your solution? Like I'm a, or have you fixed what what your problem is? I'm a developer. I'm more than willing to help. You know, that was never a time for me to go and say and shout and say, hey, buy this for me. Like I'll fix it for a hundred dollars. Never did I do that. And I, one of my probably my longest client. I mean, I've been working with her for two and a half years now. Came from somebody that was like, oh, I can do that. They, she wanted to basically move her footer, like the footer widgets, to the sidebar. Simple project. Remember, a very very beginner developer had no idea how to do it, and it was. I'm like, oh, I can do that for fifty dollars. Fifty dollars sounds good. Ten hours later, um, I was finally wrapping up the project, and now like, she understood how long it took me, but I was still true to my word. I still only charged the fifty dollars, and we've worked on numerous projects, and I've made tens of thousands of dollars from her. So that's awesome. That's yeah, a great so story. That's, yeah, that's my my secret to success. And now, like, I don't do it nearly as much as I do. I should, you know, to to reach out and just help people. But I always find when I do it, like, I always do it when I don't have the time. You know, it's like, oh, I have like ten minutes, and then all of a sudden, like, thirty minutes have went by, and I'm like talking with all these people and just, um, just making connection points with people, and that's kind of one of my things. Like, I just like meeting people and and talking and and seeing what they're up to. That's awesome. That's a great. That's a great ending uh, to an awesome interview. Um, before we wrap it all up, I just want to tell folks, look, this is the show that is about WordPress entrepreneurs. It's not just about WordPress geeks, WordPress developers, designers, pre-interviewing uh, somebody who's coming up for my next show. And they said, well, I don't know anything about code. I'm more of a project manager, marketing guy. And I said, that's perfect because I want to get that different angle uh, to help everyone uh, with any part of their WordPress business. Uh, so do check out mattreport.com and go to mattreport.com slash subscribe. Say thank you to Dustin. Dustin, where can they find you on the web? You can find me at yourwebsiteengineer.com and uh, all my social profile links and everything's over there. I was going to be yourwordpressengineer.com until I realized that you can't have WordPress in a top-level domain. And I decided this, actually, episode number one, I had it. And then episode number two, I had made the change because somebody <laughs> had pointed it out to me. So luckily, I'm so I'm your website engineer, and but I focus specifically on WordPress and only on WordPress. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, we both thank uh, the audience for listening to WordPress Media. I think uh, we both think that it improves uh, WordPress ecosystem as a whole. Um, so keep listening to both of us. Check out Dustin. Go online. Say thanks. And Dustin, thanks for doing the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks.